You are listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. As we get ready to hear the scripture for today, I want to give you some introduction to it. As we've gone through Lent so far, we have been thinking about spiritual wellness. What a timely matter to consider. And today we're turning to the Gospel of Luke, where we hear Jesus receive this request from his disciples to teach them to pray. I invite you to listen carefully to what Jesus says, what, in essence, he promised us to be made possible through prayer. Hear these words and allow it to bless and guide us in the days to come. This is a reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And Jesus said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me, the door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if a child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Thank you, Megan. I'm going to invite you to join with me in a brief moment of prayer. Gracious and loving God, there are some Sundays where the need to worship feels a little stronger. There are some moments where we yearn for the connection with others more than perhaps at other times, and there are days when our curiosity of prayer is replaced by the deep need to find prayer and prayer that makes a difference. I ask you to bless all of us who share together in the same spirit of worship today, even though we are scattered across many places. For in you we find our unity and our common ground. Bless this service and this word to your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. 
Amen. There was a mother who was trying to teach her three-year-old little girl the Lord's Prayer. For several nights in a row, she would say the Lord's Prayer and invite her daughter to listen and then say it with her. After several nights, this three-year-old felt confident and said to her mom, Mom, let me do it. I'm ready to pray this prayer. And so the mother bowed her head and waited for her daughter to begin. And she did wonderfully. Our Father, who art in heaven. And so the prayer went. And she was doing fantastic. The mom was feeling so proud of her daughter. At the end of the prayer, she said, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us some email. Reality is, is that perhaps sometimes we may think we know how to pray and we have a little work to do. There are also other moments when our prayers are a hope. Such is true with a five-year-old who said grace at a family dinner one night, sat around the table, everyone bowed their heads, and the five-year-old prayed, Dear God, thank you so much for these pancakes. When he concluded his prayer, his parents asked him why he thanked God for pancakes, because that night they were having chicken. He said, I just thought I'd see if God was paying attention. Isn't today a day when we're really hoping that God is paying attention? That we want to make sure that our God is aware of what's happening around us and within us? That we want God to be very much into the details of everything that we're being inundated with in the world right now? We are living, it has been said many times, in the midst of unusual experiences, and certainly that is true. I'm standing here preaching in front of an empty room, but leaning into your living room or house or wherever you are to connect with you, and it feels very good to have that opportunity. I'm grateful for a congregation who is forward-thinking enough to understand that perhaps we needed to have this capability, never knowing that this would be the moment when we needed it most. So thanks be to God for this. But I also know that as we stand in this unusual time, we also stand with a lot of mixed emotions, frustration and fear, a sense of loss and boredom and disbelief and wonderment about what tomorrow will bring. Over the last week, I have listened to so many people express feelings of fear and concern about not wanting to become sick or worried about their parents or grandparents contracting COVID-19. I have listened to people talk about a real sense of loss over things that they were looking forward to so much, but may in fact never happen for them now. That ranges everything from uh, kids who were looking forward to playing their senior year in a spring sport to uh, seniors who are really upset about not being able to go on their senior trip I'm listening to people who are getting ready to retire, wondering about their nest egg and its stability. I'm listening to people who are worried that within not too long from now, whether they will have a job to go to. There are real reasons to be afraid and scared, and we're finding many different ways to cope. I just heard recently about one family who, because now they have extra time on their hands, have decided to go and get their family a puppy. That may be one solution you can consider, 
I wonder about that, but the reality is we're all trying to figure out what to do in these days. I also heard someone say, I think it's crazy that we're doing all this. We're overreacting. The whole country is shutting down. Churches are shutting down. Why are we going to this extreme? The number of people who are dying is a relatively small percentage of the entire population. To that message, I thought this. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we all cared about human life so much that we would all be willing to put ourselves out to care for and make sure the most vulnerable would not lose their life or get sick? It feels to me as frustrating as it is the right thing to do to partner with a broader community to mitigate the impact of this virus and to care for each other. So today, while I'm missing you in this room desperately, I have my image in my mind of the church united in ways that never has been before, but powerfully and significantly still. And in times of crisis and loss, such as these days are bringing to us, I've often heard people say this phrase, Our thoughts and prayers are with you. It's a phrase we've heard too many times in the middle of school shootings and other events of tragedy. It's something we say because sometimes we're not sure what else to say, but it's also a phrase that at times leaves people wondering, what good are your thoughts? What good are your prayers? When we say those words, when we walk away, do we really keep our thoughts with them? Do we really pray? For others, do we really think our prayers make a difference for others? Today, as we have this moment to think together, I'm going to invite us to have a few moments to consider the power of prayer, its importance, and the fact that it is indeed exactly where we need to turn to now. You see, I believe prayer for us is something more than the difficult experience we often make. And I, I know for a fact that many of us think about prayer more than pray. I know that for many of us, we've always been taught we ought to pray more than we know how to pray. Whenever you gather a group of people together and you say, hey, someone want to say a prayer, it's amazing how quiet the room can become. And if there's a professional prayer in the house, all eyes will go to him or her. That's because I think we're afraid to say the wrong thing. We don't want to be revealed to others that maybe we aren't as polished as those who pray more often than we do. But I also wonder if it's because deep in our soul we're wondering if that prayer makes any difference. We're wondering if saying words aloud into a room really would stir the mighty God of the universe. Would God even listen to us? Will anything be different because of our prayer life? I want to tell you the scriptures are very clear. The prayer is not about finding just words to say. It's about adopting a new way to see life, to see the world, to see ourselves, and to live in it. Prayer teaches us very clearly. The Bible teaches us very clearly that prayer has power. And its power is not so much to manipulate the universe the way that we want it to happen, but more to draw us into the presence of God so that we can see whatever we've been looking at or afraid about and see it from God's vantage point, God's perspective. It is the opportunity for us to get in line with God 
And then to be able to tap into that power that God is releasing or wanting to release, if only we will ask for it and set that floodgate open for the Holy Spirit to flow. I do believe that, chair, that prayer changes things. I believe it changes us. But I say that acknowledging the fact that there have been many moments in my life when I have prayed for things that did not happen. Can you imagine how many prayers I've prayed over my lifetime for others? That's sort of what I do, right? I've prayed for people who were sick. I've prayed for the dying. I've prayed for marriages that were failing. I've prayed for all manner of things, hoping and praying that something would see that change would occur. And sometimes it did. And sometimes it didn't. So did prayer fail? Did I fail? Or is it the fact that the reality is I was never in charge of those situations? Rather, is it an opportunity for me to understand now today as I share these moments with you that I believe prayer is the most powerful thing I have to offer? Or in the moment of prayer, I'm aligned with where God is and what God is doing, and I'm more capable of being present to others in the way in which God wants me to be, not just how I want to be, how I want to dictate it. And yes, at times that will still leave me with the sense of loss. Those things I was yearning for might still go away. The loved ones who are dying might still die. But even as I genuinely and appropriately grieve those losses, I do not do it alone. I remain close in the presence of God to guide me through the times of struggle, through the times of grief and frustration, to a place of redemption and resurrection. Prayer makes a difference. But for most of us, we give up too soon. The scriptures are very clear that prayer is about the ability to effect change. When the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray here in the 11th chapter of Luke, They've prayed before. Uh, they've gone to the temple and engaged in ritual prayer. They, they've prayed prayers before their meal. They, they've been praying. They are praying people. But when they watched Jesus pray, they saw something different. They saw how it made a difference in his life. Scriptures are clear. He, Jesus continually went off by himself to pray, to be recharged, to be renewed, to gain perspective, to be refreshed. And they saw the difference when he came back from prayer. They saw what happened when he prayed for people who were suffering and sick. He, they saw miracles. And they wanted not only to gain some words, but to gain some ability to be in touch and that close to God, to feel what God was doing, and at times for the miraculous to occur. That's what they yearned for. So Jesus taught them the Lord's Prayer which is the best prayer we can ever pray. But he also taught them this. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches, finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. I believe that's true. But I also believe, in fact, I witness to you, that many times in my life I've been praying for a door to open, and when it opened, what was on the other side was not what I expected. But I was able to go through that door into a new place, into a new time to experience God being present with me in a different way than I might have expected, but still present with me. 
To be able to do that takes practice. These prayers of the children, as I just have shared some of those funny stories with you, are appropriate prayers. Those awkward prayers we pray in our, on our own when we're with God, those prayers that we don't even really know what to say, but we're so frustrated, we just got to get it out. Those prayers when we are in earnest asking God to save us or others from what's happening are the right prayers. But all of those prayers build upon another And to pray is not to engage in a moment, but rather to commit to a way of life, to continually open our lives, open even more to God. So that in moments like today, when we are living in a really bizarre world, and everything seems to be falling apart around us, we can find our center in God. That's the invitation and the power of prayer. So today I invite you to join with me and together with an expectation that prayer, in fact, does make a difference. I'm going to invite you to to pray in a way that allows you to be honest with what you're feeling, what you're afraid of, what you're hoping for. And I'm going to ask you also to begin to pray, believing that your prayer today will not be as effective as your prayer tomorrow, and then the day after, and then the year after. I wish I could tell you that after all my years of praying that I have mastered it, not even close. What I can tell you is that when I go to prayer now, I go to it in a radically different way than I did when I was in my 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s. And in that difference, God has a new way of working with me. And I offer that invitation to you. Usually for me, It is the awareness to stop and to think about this truth. I have been trying to run the show on my own. And in prayer, I begin to surrender it to God. Richard Foster, in his book, A Celebration of Discipline, says it this way. Consider right now all of the frequencies and uh, uh, all that goes through the room right now and around you, wherever you are in this world. Think about this little instrument right here. And how many signals are being sent to it right now? Think about the fact that right now this is not receiving any of them. And it won't until I push the button and turn it on. And once I turn it on, I'm not beckoning the signals to come. They're already here. It's just that it's now tapped into them. And I can instantly begin to be in contact with others. The Spirit of God is around us all the time. We don't bring God into the moment. We bring ourselves into the presence of God in every moment when we pray. And when we do that, we begin to experience God in a new way and see the world in a new way and feel the power of God in a new way. I'm going to invite you to join with us today and in the days to come, actively engaged in prayer for each other, for the church. I'm going to invite you to understand that we need God right now, and the best way to come into that truth and power and presence is prayer. There's a little boy who prayed, Dear God, please take care of my daddy and my mommy and my sister and my brother and my doggy and me. Oh, please take care of yourself, God, because if anything happens to you, we're going to be in a big mess. Well, we may feel like we're in a big mess, but it isn't because God has gone away. In fact, I believe God might even be closer to us than we ever understood. 
I believe that if we take this opportunity to commit ourselves to engaging in prayer specifically, we might find new power, new peace, new hope. I'm going to invite you to join with me in prayer this week. We're going to be thinking about that in the week ahead. I'm going to invite you to pray not randomly, but often with intention. You may have some extra time now on your hands. What time tomorrow will you pray? How many times tomorrow will you set aside to pray? Remember, you get better the more you do it. Remember to pray to receive the frequencies of God around you that you might be aware of what God is already sending. I want you to pray with expectation. Don't pray wishing and hoping. Pray with expectation that God will act. Pray to remember that it's God who's the source of all we need. Pray to remember that even when everything is unusual, the most important things remain the same, that we are connected to each other, that we are held by a loving God, and that in this moment, the church is vital and powerful and necessary beyond the walls, in the world, to the glory of God, may our prayers be effective and change the world for God's sake. Amen. You are listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.